0: Chapter 5, Church Hopping Sunday was a quiet, respected day in Jamaica. The shopping centers and stores were closed, even the small shops on the corner. In four roads, the bars never opened up, and the patty shop was quiet. All you could perhaps hear were the many church bells of all the churches giving the call to worship. So on Sunday morning, The streets were mostly empty, except for people walking on their way to church. There was the occasional church bus with the name of the church printed on the side with mostly the elderly and the children who couldn't walk far. The women, in their fancy hats and Sunday best, dresses and skirts, never pants, trudged up the street in the heat, trying their best to avoid potholes or the occasional splatter of rainwater or perhaps dust from cars going by. This was no easy feat if you're a woman in high heels. Or if it was a rainy day and you had to juggle an umbrella with your purse, your Bible, and perhaps hold the hands of small children. Only the lucky few rode in a car to church. Some of the churchgoers were notoriously late all the time as they were on Jamaica time, which is at least one hour later than normal time. And if the parents didn't make it to church, they were sure to send the kids, all dressed up, to Sunday school faithfully. For some reason, everyone in my family went to a different church. Grandma went to St. John's Anglican Church, A.K. Episcopalian. Aunt Sweetie went to Shortwood Congregational Church, and Mommy went to Mamby Park Baptist Church. Daddy went to nobody's church. He said he believed in God, but was far too busy working. So when Mommy was in America, he would drop me off to Sunday school, all dressed up in one of my frilly, poofy dresses that my Mommy brought from America, my black patent leather shoes with ruffled socks, and my trademark hairdo with starched hair ribbons perched on my two plaits. He made sure I had some coins in my purse for the collection plate and told me to pray for him. He told Grandma and Aunt Sweetie to put in a good word with God for him too. He said he was going to be saved by association with godly women, to which Grandma would reply, "Hmm, You better start going to church too. If you're dead, What church going to bury you if you never set foot in it? Most of the time, I went to Shortwood Church for Sunday school, as it was closest to the house. Grandma Vita's church started ridiculously early and was further away from the house. Shortwood Church was close to the road, with a cemetery filled with tombstones to one end. After Sunday school, to which Daddy usually dropped me off, I would go to the service and sit by Aunt Sweet in her pretty dress and broad-brimmed hats trimmed with bows and flowers. All the ladies had hand-held beautiful fans to ward off the warm air that streamed in through the open windows, as well as the exhaust you smelled as the cars and trucks rumbled by. Sometimes the minister would have to pause the prayer or hold a thought during the sermon as a loud vehicle passed by and resume his point after it had gone by. There were a few well-dressed men to usher and to pass the collection plate each Sunday, but the majority of churchgoers were women. On first Sunday, the service was extra long because of communion. The choir filed in at the beginning of service, sporting their colorful robes with wide sleeves, while Sister Mabel pounded away on the out-of-tune organ. Sister Davis would always do a solo in that high-pitched, squeaky soprano voice of hers where you could not understand a word. Aunt Sweetie would giggle and whisper, She sound like she hungry. (laughs) And everyone said a firm almost relieved Amen when she was finished. Members put their collection in weekly envelopes provided by the church. I always made sure my coins made a loud, clanking noise on the collection plate as it went by. If I was not behaving well or whispering too loud, I got pinched. But if I was good, I might get one of Aunt Sweetie's special red and white peppermint candies from her purse. I would look around the church to see who was singing off-key, who was making change in the collection plate, or perhaps laughing when old man Williams dozed off, almost losing his fedora when his head jerked suddenly. My favorite church days were the special days, like Palm Sunday, when everyone wore green. The church was lined with palm branches, and once they even led a donkey down the aisle of the church to remind us of when Jesus rode through the streets of Jerusalem. Sometimes, Everyone was given palm leaves to wave that day. Easter was strictly a church holiday. Jamaicans had no knowledge of an Easter bunny, or baskets of chocolate, dyed eggs, or candy, even though I might have liked that. The closest we came to that was bun and cheese. No, for me, it was all about a brand-new white or pastel-colored dress with ruffles, eyelet or lace, with a new hat, white gloves, and white patent leather shoes with my matching purse. It was all about the look for me. There I was, with my small Gideon green Bible in my purse, singing, Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Everything was closed on Good Friday, except for the church. The somber Good Friday service from 12 to 3 was a little long for me. When I went to Immaculate, The Catholics had a special Good Friday Mass where you went around the chapel and visited the Stations of the Cross where you meditated on a specific event from Christ's last day on earth. Their Easter vigil service was one of the most beautiful that I'd ever seen. You would enter the church before sunrise in the dark. You could see nothing except for a few candles to guide your steps until your eyes adjusted to the darkness. Then at sunrise all the lights went on and you saw a beautifully decorated church with easter lilies in full bloom as the sunlight streamed through the colorful stained glass windows jamaicans have no thanksgiving but in october november we have harvest a church where people bring the best of their fruits and vegetables and leave them at the front of the church the food is donated to the poor so we missed out on turkey and stuffing No pumpkin pie, but we still had a good harvest. As I mentioned before, I was introduced to the Catholic Mass at Immaculate. The Mass was in Latin, so most of the time I didn't know what was going on, but I was looking pretty in my new lace veil over my head. You had to have good knees for Mass. There was a lot of standing and kneeling and sitting and kneeling. They even had kneeling benches. Some padded, but most not. Ouch. Then there was confession, where you had a chance to go behind the curtain and confess your sin. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I stuck my tongue out at Grandma Vida behind her back. Or I used Daddy's very special pen without permission. Or maybe I slapped my sister Susie because she got in my stuff again. Sometimes I had nothing to confess, so I made stuff up. I didn't want to waste the priest's time, after all. Then the priest would tell me to say, three Hail Marys, two Our Fathers, and off I went with some rosary beads I'd bought at the school bookstore. Now, my family was not Catholic and did not understand some of these practices. There were lots of girls that went to school that were not Catholics, but chapel and Bible study was mandatory. One of the optional things was the Eucharist, which was like the communion or the Lord's Supper. At the appointed time, the priest waited at the front with a silver or gold chalice of wine, into which he dipped the host or the thin wafer of bread. Then he would stick it into your mouth as he said, The body and blood of Christ. I have to admit that it kind of grossed me out at first, until my friend Doreen told me I could just hold out my cupped hands and the priest would put the wafer there. Hallelujah, it worked. I put it in my own mouth. But then you didn't dare chew it, or you would be guilty of chewing the body of Christ. You see, they believed in transubstantiation, that the bread changed into the actual body of Christ and the wine changed into his blood. So I just had to wait for the bread to dissolve as it stuck annoyingly to the roof of my mouth. Sometimes it took forever. I signed up for First Communion. But my family drew the proverbial red line and stopped it right there. We are not Catholic! So I sheepishly had to inform the priest in charge. He said he understood, but I was free to go to confession and take communion anyway. Jamaicans freely participated in other churches' activities, especially if there was food involved, or free activities for children, like vacation Bible school, free babysitting, right? They believed if it was church, it was all good. So I did not grow up with any religious snobbery. I am glad I got to experience so many different kinds of churches. Gibraltar Lane, a Jamaican Odyssey, was written, performed, and produced by Marcy Malcolm Based on the life and times of my childhood in Jamaica. Music and editing by Charles Malcolm, with special thanks to Christopher Malcolm. If you would like to hear more, please subscribe to Gibraltar Lane wherever you listen to your podcasts.